I'm Cindy Temmy. I'm Gracie May. And I'm Olo Oya. And we are Frobies. Your favourite Afro pop podcast. What in the world? We in the ghetto. Sorry, we in the ghetto. We're not actually, we're in the suburbs. We actually film in the suburbs. Yeah, in the studio. In the suburbs. Exclusive suburbs. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, okay. <clears throat> yeah, so who's kicking off? Honestly, she's hosting. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, okay, cool. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm saying. I told you. She I did. Did. She she did. Did. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Okay, cool. So yeah, we got exciting topics for you. We're gonna kick it off with Gracie May. Gracie May, what have you got for us? The Grammys. So the Grammys happened last weekend, and Burner Boy was the crowd favorite to win for the best world music album. Unfortunately, he lost out to the mother of Afrobeat without the S, Angelique Kido from Benin. Now a lot of people were really upset. They were hurt, but. Kijo has been nominated 10 times and this is her fourth Grammy, whereas Burner's only been nominated once. And you know what? Only is not even a thing. There's so many people that haven't been nominated, including mm-hmm. Wizkid, David Otiwa, Yemi. All the ones that we say are like top tier, upper mm-hmm. echelon. So kudos to him. My question is, as all of us here that, you know, what we're influencers to some degree, mm-hmm. um, are awards important? Are they a validation of success? Or is it highly political like if you never got an award day in your life would you still feel like you're a great tv host would you still feel like you're a great dj dancer basketballer (laughs) all of the above above. entrepreneur Um, as well um yes and no um yes simply because it won't stop me necessarily if it's a craft that i enjoy and i see that i actually influence people because you you get feedback in different ways so i wouldn't necessarily be too disheartened but what i would be disheartened at is the fact that if i do genuinely see I'm just talking about from my level here, and then I speak on burners. Um, if I see like there are lots of award shows and they generally like nominate the same people over and over again, or they're not, my work is going unrecognized. I'd start to think, am I not doing something right? Mm. Maybe use that as a point of elevation, or I might look to think whether the industry is a bit too clicky clicky. So it really depends. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, it can turn out to be political. But in terms of burner, I know a lot of um, when people were speaking about his nomination in that terms of he was going to win, they were like, burner boy's fees are going to go up if he wins, blah blah blah. And obviously, a lot of people were rooting for him to win. We wanted him to win, and it does mean a lot. It's but well, this is just this year. Like he's definitely gonna. I think he's definitely gonna win a, a Grammy. He didn't perform. He didn't make that album just for this sole purpose. And I mm. feel like the music that he's gonna produce will be definitely mm. Grammy. Continue to be Grammy nominated and worthy of winning. Um. So I guess speaking on my level, if it was me, I think yeah, I agree. You find recognition in other things when you don't get the awards that you think you're supposed to get. It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. Like you are, if you're expecting them, especially. So if mm. you feel like you deserve the award, like you've been working towards it and so on, and you don't get it, um, in those situations, that's when actually the fact that your fans were rooting for you and all those other things will mean a lot. Mm. Um, in terms of when it gets, starts to get political, I think. I mean, for Bernard, I would probably say that this is one that we could say could be political. Um, I know it's. I understand that it's his first one, but like this album really did. Put, like sh- um, the woman that even won it, she said, Angelique. Like, yeah, Angelique, thank you. She put this album really did put Africa on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, it's changed the game. Um, he's brought Fella back um, in ways that no one else has been able to in however many generations since. Um, and there's been there's so many things that he's done for um, like yeah for the culture really. Um, that it's a bit of a shame. But 
maybe maybe it could also be uh, I don't want to use the word ignorance just throw it out there it could just be a lack of understanding of how how much that album meant to so many people that wasn't the reason that he won but maybe people just don't understand it Okay, so off that point, if I'm going to jump off. So how the Recording Academy works is they have um, a whole committee of like 2,000, 6,000 people Mm -hmm. that vote and they have to say who they think is deserving of the specific awards. Then there's a a smaller committee of about 20 people that then go ahead and then rank, um, no, and then they smaller the pool to like 20, the top 20, and then they rank them from 1 to 20. And then from then they pick the top five or eight, depending on the category, Mm -hmm. and those are the five or eight that are then put back to the whole 2000 to then vote for. Right. So the Recording Academy, they're actually like a body of people that analyze the work. And I believe they're sent like a back catalog. So they have to go and choose who they think is most deserving. Okay. So with that new perspective that I've given you, now that you know that it was his peers voting, what do you guys think? Is it now more political or is it still the same that maybe the customers, the consumers, the listeners feel different to? But then yes. it is, is it really his peers? Like, who are, the, who are those two? So the Recording Academy are American artists, um, UK artists, African artists. Really? It's, it's a whole body of people, yeah. Oh. Um, and they're A&R, they're PR, they're execs, they're uh, producers, they're engineers. I mean, it's, it's a wide... Yeah. a wide spectrum you can say that most of them probably aren't really familiar with african music mm-hmm. um so they probably don't know like the pulse of the people if you want to call it that um i like that yeah. uh, <laughs> so, i'm gonna take that <laughs> so there's, a few, there's a few different stances on it but now that you know it's peers at least musical peers mm-hmm. does it change your perspective so yeah does it change your perspective so the other day, this is completely unrelated, but I heard that Lion King was one of the um, was one of the Disney films that was never ever going to get shown. And the reason I bring this up is because, like, in terms of it, if we're think- thinking about it in terms of music of peers and so on and so forth, sometimes I really do think that the people that do win these awards are the people that sing the songs of what people believe our culture of music should sound like. Right. And so mm-hmm. I use the Lion King in that, in that people didn't think that that, that music in the way it was written and the way it sounds would have been good enough for it to be as good as it is. That's essentially the reason why people wanted to tank the film. I'm pretty sure they had they had to fund it themselves in order for that film to be shown. So it sort of goes back to the idea that actually in the voting procedure and you're saying the post pulse of the people, is it the sound in which we would have expected to be how we define the pulse of the people or how they expect us to sound that made them made her win would be my next question. Cool. Good question. Uh, I don't know, but I was gonna say her sound. We've we've seen that um, Burner Boy does draw on some of her sound in some of his songs. Was it anybody that he took yeah, sample sampled, from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he took a a sample from like twenty years ago. Mm. Yeah, and then obviously the fact that she was on his album as well, which I guess by his stances, a win for one is a win for a win for one year is a win for us all personally. And mm-hmm. um, but I get for him it would. And she is West African. She's from Benin. Yeah. Um, obviously Benin um, do kind of speak. French, so she's more of a francophone artist, mm-hmm. which is probably why she's not that big in Afro beats. Mm-hmm. But if you speak to a francophone, a francophone, if you speak to anyone from <laughs> Congo, Cameroon, Togo, um, Gabon, <laughs> they, yeah, they stand hard. So, mm-hmm. okay, my very, very last, I guess, extra spin to this. I need to use my phone, guys. Apologies. Stats. <laughs> but the new CEO of the Grammys has been placed on administrative leave for a couple of reasons, which they haven't disclosed. But in her response to being placed on administrative leave, she's released like a 46 page statement. (laughs) And sister, oh, she's a female by the way. Sister has been messy with this. As in a sister sister. Oh no, 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 she's not black. 
but she's been messy so <laughs> on page 11 if you find the article i might link it in the comments i don't know let's see how messy i want to be but she said um Article 57, if you will, rather than promoting a transparent nomination process, the board has decided to shroud the process in secrecy. She then moves on to say in um, point 60, 60 that board members include people who have um, who represent being A&R, PR, management, or have relationships with nominated artists, mm -hmm. and they sit on this secret committee. She then goes ahead to say that um, in point 62, um, the board uses these committees as an opportunity to push forward artists whom they have a relationship with. Um, indeed, it's not unusual for artists who have relationships with board members who are ranked at the bottom of the initial 20, remember I was describing the 20 mm -hmm. persons before, to end up receiving nominations being top five or top eight. So now that you know that the people on the boards, the final board, um, are kind of in bed with the guys that make the, the final cut, does that change your opinion at all? Not necessarily, because it wasn't like a wayward win. I don't think somebody that was undeserving won it, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Who else was nominated, do we know? So apart from Angelique and Bernard, there were artists from like South America, because, you know, world is everything apart from America and the UK. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can't name specifics. Yeah. Because we don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> so those that, yeah, to be honest, yeah, either one, to be honest. No, but I mean, does it change your opinion of the Grammys? Um, in general, now that you know well, that the selection awards. I had a few things to say about the Grammys in terms of diversity, but uh, I haven't researched that topic yet. Yeah. <laughs> so that's quite interesting. To be honest, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I guess, thinking about the um, topic that we had last week, if you haven't listened, listen in. Um, when we were talking about, um, oh, my head's gone blank. But when we were talking about the situations in which, you know. But Karuzi, Akon, or Sanja? Sanja. She had the 200 bridesmaids, but I'm guessing you're talking about Karuzi. And his um, not deal with DMW being signed. I've lost everything. Else. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, but we considering we're gonna watch that episode again. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? Um, you sure? I'm sure it will come back to me. But anyway, um, considering what we're talking about um, in terms of the fact that it seems as though, oh no, what was the point you just said? So I was saying, <laughs> um, does it make the Grammys look any less reputable now that you know that the board are a bunch of phonies and they're lying? <laughs> They're lying in bed with the people that they've nominated. Does I'm, that help with the point? I'm just going to say, I, I'm not surprised by it. I feel like for all the stick that Nigerians get, Ghanaians get for being corrupt, this is like one of the biggest boards in the States. I'm shocked. I'm appalled that no one is screaming from the rooftop. Second of all, sorry, because I remember, I remember, I remember. Last week we were talking about um, whether or not you should come out openly about right. things like this. We were talking about, oh, yeah. like, yes, Parisi, yes. We are talking about the fact that you should come out openly about things like this and this right. person now has. And unfortunately, I'm, it's not getting the credit it deserves. Because it's buried in 49 it, pages of a rant. Yeah. That's true. No, that's that's awesome. Awesome. I love the page <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not have been reading the document because I'm petty too. I, I love a political somebody Sorry, who's Wendy. also petty. Are you alright? She was like, you, you don't want to cut me? Oh well, if you're cutting oh, me, cut no. everybody. <laughs> and you know what? If we refer back to last week's topic about should you take like legal matters to Twitter, mm. I'm happy that she didn't take her legal matter to Twitter. She took it to the court, okay? Mm. And they released the documentation. Which, and if you're... Um, you know, you've got a keen eye like me, and you've read... I didn't read all 46 pages, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I did get to page... That's I'll do it, God Jesus. I got everything I need. I'm out. 
Um, I'm gonna say because I really haven't given an opinion so far. Yes. Um, I am hurt for Bernard because I feel like he had the people's words, and I think we were gassing him up to actually believe that he would get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm happy for Angelique, but it's her fourth Grammy, so she could have gone with not winning. Um, I will say, like I said, the Recording Academy, y'all are fake. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm just you know that's gonna tell on my knowledge of music because I was just gonna say like after four Grammys, and I can't tell you um, two of her songs. Ooh. Not one, just two. Well, I know Mama Africa because that's the one that she performed at the Grammys. But remember, she's we're not her audience. The oh, francophones okay. are true. So okay. I mean, but then again, if we were, if if the, if the category was that category, well, like let's actually think about like Bernard is he's definitely gone worldwide. Worldwide, but guys, remember, world is just non hip hop, non R and B, non like Western. But, then, but who has gone? Who, who has done the most? Anyway, that's not, that's not. I don't know. Well, actually, around her like time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're talking this, about this. We're talking about this current album. This. this to be honest, if I'm going to be really honest, oh, y'all are going to kill me. I didn't. Uh, this is not my favorite Burner Boy album. Let me put it like that. Really. But and however, I haven't listened to Angelique's album to know which one was better. Okay, so she must have released a, an album recently. Yeah, because yeah, the uh, the category, sorry, the award was best world album. So mm-hmm. it's based on this last album. So maybe her maybe her last album could have been ten years ago. No, no, no. Because remember oh. they do the Grammys every year. Isn't oh, okay, it? So there's enough projects that have been released in the last year. Maybe it had more streams. Um, maybe we think that Burner's done a lot because he's been uh, on Coachella. He's won the BET award mm-hmm. or whatever. But maybe that's to us. And don't forget, we're in our own bubble. What we put out is usually what we get reflected I mean, back on socials she? and stuff. Okay, yeah. So no, if it's the if it's the older generation that are buying her um, projects, because you know we stream, we don't buy. If the older generation are the ones that are attending her shows, Where? if the francophones and you know they stand hard are the ones giving her the streams, then maybe on paper and to everyone else, she she she's more deserving. I'm gonna leave it there. I yeah. Agree. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I don't believe it. <laughs> no, I don't believe it. I'm sure her music's great. Mama Africa. Okay. We can maybe link <laughs> intro could be that song. <laughs> <laughs> Shady and Betty. Love to see Alright, cool. Next. Okay, cool. I'll go next. Um so on the twentieth of January, um the UK um My mum's birthday. Whoop. Oh, I said tell everyone. Twentieth of January. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy mommy. birthday. Mummy Sunday to me. Mama T. Mama T, is that what we call her? Mm. On 20th of January, um, there was a summit, uh, the UK Africa Investment Summit, um, that took place. Um, My question, or let me give you a bit of context about it. So essentially, the UK is planning to invest, I believe, $8.5 billion. So not 30 billion? Not 30. Ah, sorry, Sorry. David. I mean, there's still a chance. You've still got some money to make up. It doesn't have the same rhyming effect. 8.5 8.5 billion in the account to you. My money, my money now. Oh, oh. no, baby. Sorry, I, I feel like you want to finish it. I was supposed to go around Okay, um, so um, are going, they're planning to invest that much money in Africa. Um, and it's all, it's all a post-Brexit deal, so that's the plan. Um, my question um, is, essentially, is this neo-colonialism? Yes. Oh, okay. okay so, for those I mean, that are not well versed in neo-colonialism, Adam, can we define it? Can you can define, define what neo is? I'm gonna try and do this in the most diplomatic way possible. Okay, Please. it is the idea. Ooh, I'm not gonna give you a full-on definition. I'm gonna give you my perspective of diplomatic. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so I would say that neo-colonialism, after colonization, colonization being a period in which essentially what happened was is that Britain, having empire and gaining empire and running essentially a quarter of the world. What they decided to do was 
create themselves entities in which they can continue to feed off African countries whilst they continue to feed themselves. And that, doing that, it did cause a lot of situations for African countries that they're still dealing with now. The idea of neocolonialism, which has happened since, um, so neocolonialism was said to happen for the first time in like the 1970s, which is essentially the first time where you could see that actually the giving of the country back to the country um, wasn't as legit as it could have been. <laughs> to put it like yes so that was the first time it was said to have happened since then there's been lots of different e examples of it people will say that china is neo-colonializing mm -hmm. essentially it's mm -hmm. the depletion of africa's resources mm -hmm. in the form of good for africa and its own development so, um, construction yes um, and usually you hear lots of words thrown around like infrastructure maybe water energy healthcare, <laughs> healthcare all of these things exactly all of these things that apparently the government should be providing and now all of a sudden it's on another country to come and provide so $8.5 billion is what is being told to be invested in Africa post-Brexit. My question is why As that... In, from Friday? Oh, I mean, it depend, I guess it completely depends on all the trade deals to go on. Okay. My question is why now? My question is um, why post-Brexit? And actually, does it have anything to do with the fact that in, if you were to really map Africa for the next 30 years, countries really cannot grow to the extent Africa can grow. Actually, if we... If we chart what growth can look like, mm -hmm. Africa's the only country that really has so much it can do in the next 50 years. I think by 2050, Africa's supposed to have the, um, the economy is supposed to be larger than China and India combined, is the stat. What, China? Bring it on. <coughs> we going home, baby. Over to you. <laughs> this topic for me, yeah, is always touchy because you first mentioned neo-colonialism was first seen in the 70s if we think the first african country got its independence in the 60s that's 10 years later mm -hmm. so you came you gave us independence for 10 years and then you came back mm -hmm. i mean what does that even what does that mean mm -hmm. what does that mean mm -hmm. and i always get upset because i think of it, it's just not the uk obviously france mm -hmm. um was doing it with haiti haiti was the first caribbean country to gain independence mm -hmm. they said okay for you to be independent we're going to charge you some kind of tax mm -hmm. because of all the um, profit we've lost yeah. and up until like the 2000s mm -hmm. haiti was still paying it back mm -hmm. hundreds of years later yeah. okay um it bankrupted the um haitian um economy and in general colonialism does that anyway right because you set up trade deals that mean that you can extract the resources the nutrients whether it's oil whether it's gold whether it's um i don't know charcoal whatever it is but you know tin whatever it is silk whatever it is tea whatever it is that you do not have right and you extract it and you export it from that country at a lower rate meaning that it affects the country's gdp you make them reliant on you by setting up these trade deals and trade circles and whatever you want to call it which means that the country can never fully be free and then you turn around and you have Ingrates in a country that say, oh, we don't want to give 0.7% of our GDP to this country. We didn't ask for it, okay? Mm. We, we actually didn't ask for it. Mm -hmm. If you left us alone, mm -hmm. I would look, if we did a Trump, yeah, and we closed the borders of Africa, mm. trust me, you know what? Sorry. But that's what I was saying they should have done in the Gambia following the, the, the whole nonsense with all the, like, pedophiles. The sex trade. Mm. Yeah, so like I heard that, um, no, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no, no. I was going to say that, um, it's really unfortunate, right, that global woman has had a, a worse effect on Africa than it has anywhere else, but it's not widely reported. So actually in the Gambia, there's a Victoria Falls, mm. and um, 
I think the reports say that this is the lowest level of water they've had in 25 years. Now, I don't know what happened 25 years ago, but the fact that it's 25 years later and they've been able to steadily keep it maintained and now there's a drought happening so the levels of water aren't there means that not just agriculture, which is obviously something they live off, mm -hmm. tourism also isn't um, there. And, okay, the reason why I took this tangent was that if um, Africa, the continent, closed its borders and all the countries worked together and there was free uh, movement of trade and people and services like the EU does. Mm. There could be things that other countries could do to support the Gambia mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to fight off the West mm -hmm. and the Chinese China, and the Indian. And like, now the UK. And the UK. Yeah. Like the only reason why the UK is investing into Africa is because they want to get as cheap much trade yeah. deals mm -hmm. yeah. because you're not going to be getting your one size of banana that you were getting from the EU before. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be getting the same level of rice. So you're trying mm -hmm. to find pockets and holes mm -hmm. and loopholes. And I'm telling you, I'm so, I'm upset at our people yeah. for not being protective of our resources. But I know we're we desperate. We're looking yeah. for money. We we're in debt. Them. I get it. Yeah. But if we look at places like India, you think of India, you think IT. Yeah, you think of China, you think manufacturing. We as people, as nations, need to find what our main export is, aside from oil, because if everyone's right and they're not doing fossil fuel and they're moving to electricity, then the oil that we have in the grounds is probably not going to be that useful in 50 years anyway. We need to start being future focused. We need to get the corrupt people out. We've been saying it. Buhari said he was going to do it. He didn't. We're not going to talk about that. We need to be more like Ghana, in my opinion. Look at tourism, look at the exports, capitalize off of it, and say no to the UK. Ghana has been presented with so many deals from the UK that they blocked and said that's not profitable for our people. <sighs> okay, I'm Gracie made for president. Yeah, let me let me add one thing though. So Sorry. I do completely agree with the idea that we need to do more for ourselves. And, I, and I'm not the sort of person that thinks that we have to look back. You know, like we can only look back and blame the past. I just think that there is a lot of history that we need to be very aware of. One thing to mention with Ghana especially, like I rate Ghana for all of the advancements that they've had since the, since the fact that they were the first country to gain independence in Africa. Right. And they have they have spearheaded what it should look like. Everything. But we also should remember that Ghana is probably one of the only countries that actually their borders were defined by the Gold Coast. Every other country that was drawn up and ripped apart by the West was never really drawn up, up, it was never a country. Ghana were blessed in the fact that they were given the country that was originally a people. The Asante tribe were the ones who were ruling it, and actually that was the person that they put in charge of the country. They had order from the start. You say that though, um, as an example, um, so if you are from North Nigeria, you're Hausa, right? But did you know that obviously North Benin has House of People, North Togo has House of People, North Ghana yeah, has yeah, House yeah, of People. Yeah. There are eight countries that the House of People kind of um, sit across because, of, like you said, when they were dividing up the land, they didn't do it by tribe. We know that Nigeria has over 250 tribes, 250 dialects. We know now, this now. It was 400 before, yes. yeah, um, war, <laughs> genocide, and all of that have obviously reduced the numbers. Well, encyclopedias <laughs> over here. But my, my point is, and I completely agree, also Ghana has 23 million um, people as a population. Population, if my numbers are correct, um, and Niger that's the same population as the state of um, Lagos. I never really trust the data when it comes out of population for Nigeria, anyway, because I see many more, many, many more people, people than that. You counted them. Many faces <laughs> on their heads. <laughs> so I get it's even easier to control. Even Justin Quillocks. <laughs> Bruh. 
Sorry, the clouds in Nigeria. Anyway, that's another, Sorry, another episode. But my point is, yes, when you have a smaller population, when you've got more defined borders, when mm. you've got um, historical unity because those tribes were already were, even though the Ghanaian tribes were in conflict with each other, they was mm. they still identified as Ghanaian people. Yeah, yeah. It makes it easier. We can't obviously eradicate the fact that the UK, like you said, owned a quarter of the world. Mm. And so by irritating the UK, there's probably consequences that mm-hmm. the um, politicians think about. Mm. But at some point, you have to bite the bullet and be like, you know what, do your worst. Mm. Mm. Then what? Then what? In all honesty, I do, I do completely agree with Gracie in the fact that we need to step up and we need to do so much more. But I just really feel like it's, it's like you have to think about it in terms of, like, the na- the nature of the way politics is working is that everyone is thinking in five year terms. And actually, what, what I think really Africa really suffers from is the idea that we could take, we were given a democracy and we are now playing by their rules. Because we were given a democracy and we are now told that we have to live within five-year terms, that's all we care about. We don't care about the fact that we are not in the same situations as these countries that can turn over five years, change their policies inside out and still have a GDP that is worth coming to. Like That is the reality of it. And so actually, because we don't have governments that think further than that, we end up in the situation where someone uses the word investment and they just think money rather than actually thinking that you are worth investing in. Why don't you just... Do it yourself. And that's actually like, I, the word investments for me, when you th- talk about it in Africa, really bothers me because it's just the idea that because someone else has cash money money, they can come and do something that you are capable of doing yourself. yourself yep. Because they saw, they, saw, they saw the ability and they're just basically saying that, let us do it instead of you. Take the you guys cup. don't have to do that exactly. much. Exactly. We'll and we've done, year, year after year, time after time, we've seen what that looks like. Why fall for it again? But the reality of it is that we're, we're being bamboozled into this idea of it's not bamboo. They know they're walking into these contracts with the Chinese with their eyes wide open. They're thinking, okay, actually, if we get a train line from Abuja to Lagos, that could increase trade. But they don't think about the fact, okay, what's the impact of that contract with China? Once they have their foot in, they're going to then force themselves onto. Oh, sorry, they're not bamboozled. There's a lot of um, consideration that goes into it. And you're right, they just don't think further than five years. Yeah. And Selfish. Yeah, and I think that's the main... I think what, what Ghana has, if we want to use Ghana as the example, like as well as the fact that they have that benefit, they also have the benefit of they, they actually just have tourism. They have, they have perfected that trade and they don't need anyone else for it. And so as a result, the money will continue to come in, in continuously. Mm. And I just think we need to be mm. more innovative. Like all of our all of our countries have something that we can they do. They have more than one primary industry. Yeah. And we need to stop thinking about it in terms of fossil fuels and copper and all the things that the white man needs and just think about what we can actually give them. Oh, praise God. Sorry. But yeah, that's me. Woo, that was, uh, yeah, yeah that's quite loaded. It's heavy. It's no, heavy. but, yeah, good conversation. <laughs> I am going to bring it down a little. <laughs> right down, actually, from an IQ of up there to Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, is he talking about Shanice? But what time is she going to be quiet? Because I don't watch this show. Don't worry, because that was me in that topic we just covered. But wait, so you can talk. So do you know Mike Grace? Have you heard of Mike? I've seen him twerking on the timeline. Right, we are going to touch on that. We're going to touch on a couple of things. That's what it is. Ovi would never. Self respecting black man. A true king. I'm joking, I'm joking. Don't come for me, I'm joking. We're joking, no, we're joking. No, but Mike is obviously a very delicious looking guy, whatever, whatever. He's younger. He is, and then Ovi is fine, still fine as hell. But anyway, so basically we've had um, a lot of, there's a lot of things that have come out of Love Island. Obviously there's a couple in there, Mike and Leanne, you guys might have known. I don't know what happens by the time this is aired. But one of the first points I'm going to ask about you is the fact that there were, so there's a group of them, a whole bunch of 
just two black people basically um leanne was the last girl to get picked mike was the last picker and obviously they were picked for each other well, they picked each other mm-hmm. and we were saying well the question i want to ask you is that is there always that pressure when you go on such dating programs to always kind of date your own or are you open i'll say are you guys open um to choose outside of your own preference if you were in the case of leanne oh on the dating show or just in life it depends how much you want to share with our audience Ooh. Okay, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know I only date black. I've only ever dated black. In fact, it's only been Nigerians and Ghanaians. That hasn't worked out for me, so you know. <laughs> Charlie, she's uh, waiting. <laughs> yeah, so I'm available. <laughs> if you, think you can show me a good time, hit me up in the DM. Yeah. <laughs> At Gracie May. Uh, I'm just called Gracie May. Oh, Don't touch the wrong chip. Sorry. The first question was, is there pressure for us to root for black love? No, not for us to root for black love. It was just basically a case of, okay, it's only Leanne and Mike left now. So now we've put a lot of pressure on them to succeed as a couple. Mm. Obviously, we love black love. We want black love or whatever. But it's just too much. It was too much force. I mean, I feel like, like I said, I don't watch the show. But I'm always rooting for anybody black. So for me, if it's Leanne and Mike... I will force it, yeah. <laughs> get, get that 50k, get that endorsement okay. deal. I don't so, get, look, they need to win the show. It's a competition, they're not gonna fall in love. In all honesty, I think we sometimes actually have to think about like what is the reason why we root for it so tough. Like the reality of it is that this is the first time when we've ever had to a black person and a white person uh, to a black girl and a black a black boy in the show at exactly the same time that they could have coupled up from the beginning from the beginning the yeah i don't think that's happened before and so actually what happens is is that the pressure actually just surmounts because it's like oh it's it's an opportunity it's a possibility that has never existed before okay. so it's like i feel like fair enough there is a lot of pressure on them like you saw all of the pictures of them together before they even walked into the villa to be like yeah this is about to be it so and they're both so, good looking people yeah exactly both funny both funny what yeah. the timeline tells me yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So so, I mean, like, it is, it, I do think they probably were under a lot of pressure. And your personal preference? In terms of, oh, as in... As in, it's her second question? Oh, my second question. Okay. Her second question. Okay, I'll get, I'll get it. I'll get it. But I think, I think sometimes, sometimes, yeah, we put the pressure on it just because we don't see it enough. And so, it, but I think that there is the maturity for them to realise that actually it's probably because we don't see it enough that everyone's like, make it happen, make it happen for us, please. Mm-hmm. Um, but my preference, yeah, anything, everything. I'm joking. <laughs> okay, so this is, I think my preference goes. Yes, whoops, I feel bad. Um, <laughs> so my preference goes, in all honesty, I just feel like you need to have enough common building blocks that you can build on. That's how I see it. So if the person is, so like I'm Christian, the person has to be Christian. That's the, that's that's a must. Mm-hmm. But then if the person is also Nigerian, ah, we're in the ghetto. Ratatata. <laughs> Nigerian as well like it just make, makes things easier I had a conversation with my friend the other day that just said he said something like that what he doesn't want to have to do is that when he's just frustrated at something he doesn't want to have to explain his frustration to someone he just wants someone to feel it like so then, the, yeah, exactly. is like one for one pound yeah exactly when you yeah and you don't want you <laughs> when the box is six pounds you don't want to you don't want to every day have to explain yeah you just want someone that gets it and actually there's multiple different examples of what that looks like for people that get it which is why some people might choose that but me i want common building blocks it makes my life easier which is why i would say my preference would always be black however if i find a nice white most likely i would actually probably go for asian over white more so because there is a culture there 
just means that again there's another building block no offense i don't i mean like there's a no, defined no, no. one don't even say no offense do you know how uh, no. when it comes to racism they're just as bad though but i don't think this is racist personally i feel like no. if i was no, no, to no, define no, no. i'm not saying that what you said was racism what i'm saying is okay no, yeah, finish what okay. you're saying like how i see it when it comes to things like this when we're talking about culture I always think about it in terms of what makes people define culture, okay? Mm-hmm. And to me, culture is defined by the fact that you grouped around each other and you decided that we are othered and therefore this is what defines us. Mm-hmm. To me, white people have never been othered and therefore mm-hmm. a, defi- a defined culture for them is really difficult for them to see. So actually equally, I would even say black people as a people, I think we're actually too big to define a culture, but we have been othered. This, yeah. Yes, we've been othered to the fact that we have now grouped together even though there's so many dimensions of us. But the reality of it is that white people have not been othered. We don't have a culture culture of black people. Our cultures are usually defined by, I guess, country of origin or maybe the UK culture. But the reason we have to bring ourselves together to now define something for us us is because we've been othered in the first place. So for me, white people, to define culture, it's quite hard for me to say that they have one because we've never been othered. And what are the pillars of culture, though? Language? Food? Food, language, music... And because they've always been pop, as in popular, you've never really had to def- To me, the thing is a bit difficult because you can't. You, once again, we can't also just group white people in the same place. Right, because French yeah. people have culture. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I'll definitely say when we're breaking it down in terms of Maybe countries so and English. someone like you're being very specific. That's completely fine. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying that English, we're talking big, big Ameri- no circles. Americans have. Can you say Americans have culture? I think, I think you have to go to states. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Because the south would be very different. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, again, just to clarify, okay. the views of I'm joking. <laughs> um, but no, I'm trying to say that when you group a people that large together, I would even say for black people, I think you'd get lost in the source. Really, I don't really think. There's a okay, and you know what? At my neck in season one, when I said there was nothing, the the, the term Afro Caribbean is a falsity, and the Afro Caribbean or African Caribbean or BAME or whatever doesn't exist. You know what? At my neck, because I said there's 54 countries in Africa. There's no African culture. Mm. Every country, even the tribes within those countries, mm. have different cultures. Exactly. Caribbeans have completely different cultures mm. to um or yes. traditions. Maybe not values, but traditions mm. to African. We we're not one body of like. But I genuinely believe. No, we're not. We're not. It would be too easy to say that. But I genuinely believe in a space where I've been around a number of black people, I've always found that Africans tend to gel together mm-hmm. and then the, the, Carib- like, the Caribbean tend to gel together. But I'm, we're not saying that we are all one. I'm just saying as a whole, yes, we will generally come together, but it's often separated. I feel it's different for us because there's a separate black British culture. Black British. Yes. Black British, and a, what are you comparing? So to me, black British culture um, bounces off of jungle, bounces off of grime, bounces off So that off means of, we can all be grouped into that. Right, so we have that common Caribbeans thread, together, yeah. whether it's us as Africans on this set, or Caribbeans that are watching, or whatever, yeah. which is different from having an African and Caribbean community, which is the term that is often used, mm-hmm. because to have a community, you have to have, like you said, foundational blocks, mm-hmm. and I... I Personally. Being, being, being black isn't a block. Right, exactly. Thank you. That's what I mean. The nature of how we're defining or how we have been defined, because I also don't think that's a type of term that we would have come up with. The nature of how, exactly, would we how we have been defined is the fact that we all are somehow similar. And to me, that is because we've all been othered. Like, because we're all black. That's it. We're all black. So someone went and put us in a box and told us that we all have to get along. And the reality of it, is that, and because we're in that box is the reason why when you sit in your office and you walk into oh, your... Oh, there's a new... Yo, there's a new YouTube 
she might be mates. Yeah. She might be, there's all of these expectations. Not gonna lie, in my last job, they, <laughs> they got a new manager in, black woman, um, in an IT company, by the way, where the average person was white, middle-aged male. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, oh, you two should have a connection. And I said, "Please on what? HR? HR. HR. <laughs> but the irony is you probably did. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's because you both knew that they expect, but then sometimes you have to think about what is the shared thing. And the thing, the thing that it's was shared experience. was the fact it's a shared experience that you, you knew they were thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mm-hmm. actually mean that you guys have anything in common, apart from the fact that you're Which is why when you. I left the but workplace, then... <laughs> we haven't kept in contact because the only thing we had in common was that shared experience. Of oh, really? Yeah. Which is a very dissimilar experience to me because in my old place shit, those people them my peoples like holiday but once again we were all you go on holiday with your colleagues well now we're all ex-colleagues but we we were all like we we got along we actually had that and we had those issues where people would be like there's three of us we get called like destiny's child Ooh. or me and the other girl, like, particular <laughs> Nature. Particular one would always get confused with each other, like just random things. Like, sorry, so one day sorry? one of our colleagues' bonuses letters was given to a different member dead. of staff wow. from dead. somebody senior. Dead, dead, dead. everybody dead. It's, 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 it's just mad, like it's so mad exactly. lazy. Like, look, unfortunately, uh, oh, the, no, go on. It's the same thing as the BBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls coming here with the but whole, those things, the I feel like they do those. No, things no, we need to explain. If you didn't see, yeah, if you didn't see um, the BBC. Um, um, yet, or what's it? So on Sunday, the BBC put out um, a basically they're just putting out the news story about um, Kobe and his daughter's passing. In that, as they um, filmed it, they actually used clips of LeBron James, a different number, a different name on the jersey entirely, um, and it took Pure quite laziness. a while. It was literally Twitter that was the thing that brought it to life. It took a, probably a day before they retracted and they apologized for it. And they're literally, like you said, pure laziness. Twenty thousand people working for the BBC, us paying for it to even operate and no one knew not even just basketball but just the fact that they didn't look the same and the numbers didn't match um but the this name talk us the of name. numbers yeah the number. and remember this is the, the shot that they actually used was the back of, yeah. of james yeah. so you could see james it said james in letters it said james james is bryant right oh no, yeah. no, no, no but it, it said james, james. yeah yeah was, um, kobe bryant's um i guess eulogy yeah real. Mm-hmm. um yeah, just tacky. Yeah, yeah. Mad tacky. And, and we have to think about it. Like, and the, the, the situation, the, the reason that this question has come about is because these situations do exist. And like we always say, there's no smoke without fire. Fair dues, the nature of us is that because it happens so often, you're a little bit more resilient to hear. I mean, you're a little bit more, your ear is like earwigging a little bit more towards hearing it or feeling it or feeling Obviously, like you're being yeah. or You just, you feel like other being othered is happening more often than it may be. Maybe. Mm-mm. But, okay. Don't, don't okay. let the... No, no, but that's what that's what Grace can do. Let's give Grace. Let's give Grace's name. Let's give Grace. In some situations, it may just be the fact that we are overly sensitive to some ideologies and some okay. ideas. So However, when the LGBTQ community decide that they want to get petitions for Piers Morgan to not be on ITV anymore because he said there's no way that there can be a hundred um, genders. They're not being adi- like super sensitive. That's true. They're just standing for their rights. Mm. So when I decide that actually I'm going to hold the media accountable, mm. I'm going to hold politicians right, accountable, yeah, yeah, yeah. then I'm just doing my job as a citizen yeah, yeah. because I'm, pay- I'm also paying their bills. Yeah. My tax is going to somebody. Oh. Mm. Sorry, I'm not sensitive. I'm just being real. No, that's true. It's very true. Okay, so... <laughs> Sorry, um, uh, Love Island. Love Island. <laughs> that was a good follow on there. That's yeah. fine. So we touched on that. And then we also touched on the fact that... Preferences. You haven't said... My preference. Oh, yeah. I have a thing. Where are you going to go? Where am I going to go? So if I was on Love See, the thing about me, I just like good-looking guys. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Even I do not discriminate. <laughs> <laughs> but... I was like, my preference... <laughs> I like 
family, guys. No, 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 no. Because for me, um, the thing is, yeah, I would, like, okay, my natural preference, and it's like my natural, natural preference, I lo- there's a thing about dark skin guys that I just, <laughs> I just don't understand. I really don't know, like, dark skin guys. <laughs> just like, I just, <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> definitely twerked on TV and for me that was very revolting <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as it turned around I was like oh hi, oh, hi. okay I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you hand it. no I generally have a preference for dumb dark skin guys it's just and it's just the way like I could not think about it but at the same time I've, there are those you know they say about turning heads in the villa there's this thing that if you like someone, you get coupled up with someone, but your head can be turned by somebody mm, else. Okay. So it's fake love. Um, but yeah, like I have a, pre- my preference is dark, dark skin guys. And I would, I personally would have picked Mike myself just based on the fact that he's fine. I think he's putting a lot of pressure on Leanne. Um, and he, Leanne is a very close individual. Mm. She's quite shy. She's said it before. She's mm. very, she's probably been through stuff where it's caused her to be quite shy as well. And I feel like Mike is obviously playing a game. Well, Sorry to say. But she she said that she was experienced. Oh. But I, I don't know. But I think Mike is playing a game and he's putting so much pressure on her and he's like, why are you not opening up? Why are you not opening up? Because you know what happens when we open up? <laughs> you break her heart, okay? From experience. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe if we take it out of the context of Leanne and Mike in yeah. general, is, yeah. there, uh, is there ever a reason why we should like stand for black love on TV? Like, Oh, for what's sure. The, is the pressure... Balance. There's yeah, I wouldn't even like you said. It was not necessarily pressure. It's a. Would you say it's an opportunity or an experience? I think it's just it's not seen enough. That yeah. When you see it, you're just excited about. It. It's yeah. exciting. It's, it's nice. Exciting, it's something yeah. to look up to. It depends on what kind of family background yeah. you've come from as well. It just looks good, and it's not. It's not even that it looks good. It's it's just your norm. Yeah. And we don't categorize yes, that, that, other races exactly when they're the it. same type of race in love. That's exactly. But it. for us, it's more like oh, because maybe because we're not used to seeing it. In that sense, maybe it's not out like that. And also, let's just think. Let's think back to a few years ago when it was really just alien for you to see black people in adverts. Like, mm, do you remember general, when that was a yeah. thing? Actually, there used to be there used to be like a percentage of what it was supposed to be. Like if you had a certain number of people in an advert, you had to have a black person in it, and so on. And now all of a sudden, you can like be sitting there watching races. a BT advert, and there's a white and a mixed race kid. Yeah. And, and like that, that, and that, that is beautiful. Like it's just the idea that you can now see it, and it becomes so more much more expected, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And actually, it won't just be us sitting there rooting for it. People of other races will love Mike and Leanne as well. Sorry, this is like such a tangent, and I know we need to wrap up soon, <laughs> but I felt that same joy, because I don't, you know I don't watch TV, mm-hmm. but when I saw the um, the Ikea ad with, um, was it Double E? Yeah. And okay. he had like that grime like yeah, yeah, soundtrack yeah. on it, and I was just like, hold on a second, yeah, yeah. this is from like Channel U days, and I say, yeah, yes, then correct me, I can see people behind the camera looking at me. <laughs> okay. No, because a lot, you felt that way, but not everybody felt the way about the advert. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like the Christmas advert, this is a whole different topic, but I feel like the Christmas advert, like the lead up to it, mm. like the, the sentiment behind it was gone, because mm. before it was just like, oh, wait, Tro saying to be the, and now we're just like, okay, we're expecting something that's going to pull on my heartstrings. So yeah, I think yeah, yeah. did the right thing in terms of taking a left turn and saying, you know what? Mm. Yeah. We're gonna normalize urban culture. I hate the word urban, yeah. um, but we're gonna yeah just make it normal. Yeah. And like you're right, for me here and now, I was like, okay, I can do yeah. this. Yeah. And I don't like it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I haven't, <laughs> but I could. Yeah. And if we go back yeah, to that box analogy, it's just as many situations as we can see on TV or in the media that takes us out of the box of us being us talking about it amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like and let someone else talk about it. exactly. Let's normalize it. Let someone else talk about Mike and Leanne. Doesn't doesn't just have to be us. Yep. It can happen in the Smith household. Hee <laughs> hee!
that is us for today. Um, thank you for listening in. This is episode two of season two. Like, comment, share, subscribe. We'll see you next week. Woo! Ta-ta-ta! Like some macaw. Look at it.